Hello and welcome to episode 266 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going good. Happy New Year to you and to everyone that's listening. Hope you had a great Christmas and New Year's time. You didn't get too drunk. You didn't do anything you regret. Uh, and yeah. No, it was it was good for me. Um, do you know what I got for Christmas? What did you get? Smooth balls. Oh, that's incredible. Because I did too. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, our wonderful sponsor, Manscaped.com. They're back on board. 2021. Thank you, Manscaped.com. If you go to Manscaped.com, right, and you put in, you, you buy whatever you want. I say get the performance package because that just, that's got you covered. That's got you covered for everything. Get the performance package. And when you're at checkout, if you put in the code NRL, you get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get a 30-day money-back guarantee. And what more could you really want in life? Because when you've got yourself sorted in the Manscaped area, you'll have to. It's it's just fact. Yeah. It's just fact. You know, uh... Yeah, it's it's been good. We've had it. We've both had a bit of a break. Yeah, we've calmed down. We've relaxed. I know you've been on a little bit of a campaign on Twitter, trying to cheer everyone up a bit, which has been fantastic. Yeah, it's working really well. Have you noticed how much more cheery Twitter is now? That's fantastic. Mm, mm. Um, I can really feel a vibe, the chilled vibe on Twitter. Everything's calmed down. Yeah. Um, I went on a little bit of a, a holiday through um, just some regional parts of New South Wales and Victoria. Mm-hmm. Just away from people. Yep, yep. It was really cool. Just just me and the, the, the little family I've got here. Fantastic time. Nice. Um, just nice and calm and chilled and happy. That's always good. I I basically switched off from all media and uh, just enjoyed being a human being on a piece of rock that is flying around a giant star that is burning its way out of existence slowly but surely and that star is slowly but surely circling its way around a super massive black hole i've just enjoyed that as you would as you mm. would that, that sounds enjoyable yeah 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 it's uh, so, it's nice it's i was nice. gonna say it's, it's nice because um it means that we're, we're coming into to 2021 a much more happier positive sort of podcast i guess yeah, I think I think this year will be more chilled out for sure. It will. So, um, shall we have a look at the news? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, some filthy, disgusting swines from the media sitting there being bitching and moaning and fucking terrorising Mitchell Pearce because he sent text messages to someone. Fucking cunts! I hope they rot in hell. <laughs> oh, these pathetic parasites. They're weird, Seriously, hey? seriously, parasite. And this thing, we can't just sit there and say it's just one or two of them. All of them are in it. As yeah, soon as I found out that he text messaged someone, it's like, oh, quick, let's all fucking salivate over this and see what we can fucking stir up. And they took some minor, let's be honest, it's a complete nothing story in rugby league. It's got yeah. nothing to do with rugby league whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. A man sent text messages to a woman who wasn't the woman he's living with who gives a fuck, I don't care what's in there, it's got nothing to do with rugby league, and yet they persisted, they pushed, they pushed, 
They kept going. They kept reporting. We're getting weekly updates about fucking text messages. It was like SMS gate or some shit. And now Mitchell Pierce has come out and he's decided to stand down as captain for the for the club as he deals with all of this stuff. And so now what could be a very easy fix for him behind closed doors is now all out in the open. It's probably going to make things a lot worse and um, just fucking disgraceful reporting. Yeah, I agree. Like, I I could honestly not care less about what players are doing in their private lives. It's like, you know, that's gossipy bullshit, and I just don't care about it. Well, some, um, some stuff is, like, when, when they go out of their way to break the law, mm. fair enough. Mm. But he's not broken no laws. He wasn't drunk. He wasn't behaving badly That's in a way that's... Um, disrespectful to the club or to the game of rugby league or like that. I always think that, like, look, if I was the club in that situation and the journalist started asking a player about that stuff, I'd say, hang on a second, we're here for football. And they're going to say, well, I think it's... And it's like, no, 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 we're here for football. And to, you know, and I I, I don't particularly think that Mitchell Pearce stands out as the Knights captain. It's not like he's... You know, they're great leader or anything, you know. But for him to be the captain and to have to come out and publicly give up that captaincy in January over something that happened in his personal life, I just think it's a little bit strange. And I think that, you know, there's always some drama going on at the Newcastle Knights. There's a bit of a bunch of drama queens up there. And I think this played into it a little bit. And uh, I just think it's strange. It's really weird. Mm. It's just it just smells of a bunch of media who are bored. Yeah, I I just don't understand why. And, and you think about it, the media want to know the players' personal lives and like talk about it and write about it and make money out of it, and then they want to know. Not just kind of what a player's earning. They want to know exactly what that <laughs> yeah. player's earning. And then they want to go on TV and in the press and everything and bag the shit out of these players nonstop. And it's like some sort of, I don't know, it's like some sort of little mental box that you can put some of these people into that's a very sad existence. Well, that's the thing too is they, they then go on and complain when... Players don't have a personality. Yeah, or they don't want to talk to them. Yeah, and you think, you can't sit there. Let's let's say a player's like a a dog, okay? If you hold the dog by the tail and keep kicking it in the ass, you can't sit there and complain when it doesn't want you to pat it. Yeah. (laughs) I guess that's one way to look at it. (laughs) Fucking idiots. Yeah. Fucking idiots. I, I, I... I don't understand it. I don't. I don't get how you would you would bag the shit out of players all the time and undermine them and try and cost them money and you know try and destroy their integrity, no matter how you do it. You know, and there's many ways that they do it, and then turn around and think that you're best buddies with them. And it's like we've said. I mean, the, it's like the journalists that go like, "Oh, I'm an insider." It's like, no, you, you're not. You're not an insider. You are as outside of what happens in rugby league is anyone on planet earth, you know, it, yeah. you know, the players don't like you. The coaches don't like you. The officials don't like you. Fans don't like you. You are an outsider. You're alone in this world. 
and but they they've got this weird personality type and that's why I think people don't like them because it comes across, you know. And it, there's there's also this thing of like they they're just so. I always think that when someone can't say they're wrong, and when somebody says something with such conviction that it must be true, but it's just bullshit. There's something weird about that too. Yeah, and I do not yield. That never yield. It's like even with the, when they're wrong, they're not really wrong. Just ask them to explain it. Yeah. And it, that's, it, I find that very strange. Like, who wants to be around someone like that? Exactly. So, now that we've got that out of the way, and let's be honest, we weren't going to talk about that, but because Mitch Pearce came out and mm. stepped down as Knights captain, that's essentially the end result that the media wanted. They don't mm-hmm. give a fuck about him as a human. No. All they wanted was to keep pushing this button until they got a rugby league story out of it and to to hell with what happens to him in his personal life. Yeah. You know what, you know what else is fucking nuts. Mm. All this drama that was going on, I'm going back a bit now, all the drama that was going on about Sam Burgess. Yeah. I now see every now and then when I'm flicking through um, newspaper articles and stuff like that, mm-hmm. just see headlines. Yeah. And you're starting to see now headlines about Sam Burgess and his ripped body as he's running along the beach in Sydney. I'm like, how is that even a fucking... Like, what you've just said right there in the headline, that's the entire of the article. <laughs> yeah. How did you write more than that, and why? Like, how is yeah. that even fucking news? It's weird, hey. And uh, I don't all get... the shit he's going through with his ex-wife and all that fucking drama, we're not going to get into that, but it's not like he's got a 100% positive, intact persona. Like, he's there's an awful lot of bad stuff going on around him at the moment, mm. you know, in the media and, and stuff that's been leveled against him. Why Why go out of your way to try and make him out as though he's some sort of good guy, some god, or some sort of positive story like that? Just fucking go. Don't go near it. I just, I don't understand who consumes it, hey? It's like when you watch those morning shows on Channel 7 and Channel 9, and it's basically like Sesame Street for adults. <laughs> and I, it's like, who's watching this? Who's watching, you know, this f- fucking idiot and this dope? like making jokes about the news and it's like that like every three months they show the chipmunk that's fucking water skiing and they laugh about it like it's never been seen before and it's like who watches this shit because i reckon it's viral hey because it's gone viral well they try to make things like out of nothing you know I, i just don't get it the best thing i ever saw on one of those shows was a guy was trying to fish and he accidentally hooked a duck started wheeling in the duck and they're going, stop, 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 stop. And it's like, listen, the fucking duck is hooked, man. He's got to get that fucking hook out of that duck. It's still got the hook in it, even if it's sitting there in the fucking water. And they're acting like he's doing something cruel, wheeling the duck in. I'm hoping he just calmly sat there just going, fish, duck, who gives a fuck? I'm eating tonight. I wish he did, eh? Just calmly, casually roll that fucker in while he smiles the camera. Mm, mm. I actually... From a hunting perspective, I mean, that's fucking amazing. He hooked a duck. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the most practical way of going about it because by the time you've reeled it in, that's one pissed off bird you've got to try and end. That's true. That's true. I wonder if you'd need, I wonder if he, if he brings it in and wrings its neck, I wonder if he would get charged because he doesn't have a tag for hunting ducks. Or would he just need a fishing license? He just need a fishing license. Yeah. It's like a fucking duck, man. I've caught a duck. 
But I mean, he can't. I suppose he can't kill it if it's not a certain length. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's a, a size limit on ducks. Hey, I think it's more of a number of ducks you can get. Oh, there you go. Because once they can fly, it's game on. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. That went on a tangent. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess just closing on that. If he does, if you do hook a duck, I guess he's really just got to pay the bill. Sorry, I'm sorry. Fuck, man. People, that's mm. what you've come here for. <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed at the first dad joke of the year, and I'm not even close to getting it. Well, yeah, well, you know, I, I have, I've been called daddy a lot in my life, so. This is true. Now, um, we were chatting before about mm-hmm. something off air, another great semi uh, episode off air about yeah. COVID in the UK. Yeah. And how now they've got this weird new um, variant of coronavirus over there, which is not seemingly more deadly, mm-hmm. but it does transmit much more rapidly. Yeah. Um, I think they're just calling it the mutant version. So I'm, I'm just thinking like the mutant Ninja Turtles, except it's just a, a mutant virus. Do you know they're not allowed to call them Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the UK? Uh, is it because of the mutant part or the... No, it's, it's the ninja part. They have to call them Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. <laughs> it's so weird. You can't have mutant ninjas. Yeah, yeah, but I don't get mutants, it. Mutants don't have the capacity to be um, ninjas? It, well, they, it was something about the weapons they used and they had to reanimate i can't remember what what ones it was they reanimated it might have been the nunchucks um and i can't remember what they animated them to it was oh. like i think they maybe animated it into a whip or something but anyway did the social warrior justice sort of party come out and you know stand up for the mutants no no they are did you, are you saying that mutants can't be ninjas or that mutants can't handle certain weapons yeah i i don't get it hey well, so it's only a matter of time before we're all fucking censored. Once they get these fucking three G, these five G towers up, and they've got the uh, the thought serum all pumped into us, well, they've we'll got be to right. We'll they've be got all to the right stuff. They've, they've got to stop transmitting the COVID amongst them first. So they've yeah, got to turn that off. That's true. Turn off the COVID transmission, and turn off the brainwashing one. Turn on the mind control beams. Exactly. That's what's got to happen. And when that happens, I think then and only then, with everything censored, that's when we'll bring out the uh, Cast and Brummer episode. Yeah, that'd be good. Blast everyone's mind. What do you reckon is more likely to be more influential to the masses? Uh, like 5G Towers or Kim Kardashian? Um. 5G towers. You reckon? I reckon it's Kim Kardashian. You reckon? Yeah, yeah. She gets people to buy shit. She makes them watch the, that fucking TV show. She turned her fucking stepdad into a chick. It's I've... like she's got a lot of influence. Yeah, but not on everyone. Like I'm yeah, more interested. I'm, I'm more interested. Than... I'm more interested in 5G than whatever she does. I only know of her as a name. What a load of crap. You watch that porno just like the rest of us, you filthy bastard. should be ashamed of yourself. 
Are we are we still talking about Kim Kardashian? Oh, I, th- I thought we were talking about Caitlyn Jenner. No, 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 no. I would not watch that. That's what you say. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. Anyway. <laughs> well, we're off to a good start, twenty twenty one. This is going great, guns. See this. Is- See, there were people out there who were saying that they demanded us to get on here and do a podcast. Mm. You're happy now? Yeah, this is what you get. Thanks. <laughs> we're ill-prepared, and now we're talking about this shit. Yes. So, anyway, back on track. With this uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja virus going around the UK, mm-hmm. it got me wondering whether the Rugby League World Cups should still go ahead in England and whether it's even possible for that to happen. Because they're still getting you know, tens of thousands of of COVID cases positive every day there. Every day, yeah. And they've now gone into a full lockdown, which is, you know, it's only about nine months too late, but, you know, better late than never. Well, the the thing is, like, you and me at first last year, we were like, oh, man, this might put the Rugby League World Cup in down. And then it settled down to the point where we were like, oh, yeah, it'll go ahead, everything will be cool. And now I cannot see it going ahead at all. No, no way. Um. So it's it's made me wonder that, or made me think that the Rugby League World Cup should be moved to another country. Yeah. In in all sincerity, because mm-hmm. if they're going to try and persist with it, and it has to be played in England, I can't see the World Cup being played before the next one's due to be played. Yeah. Like, you know, you know the one after the one we're we're waiting on. Mm-hmm. So if we really want to have a World Cup, then we should probably move it somewhere else where they don't have coronavirus. Yep. And there's two countries that haven't hosted a full World Cup yet that have been playing rugby league for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, one is Papua New Guinea. Yeah. The other is New Zealand. Because we know if they come to Australia, there's going to be every single state's going to have different fucking rules. We're seeing it with the cricket already. Yeah. Oh, you can't come here. you got to do this. you got to do that. Blah, 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 blah. So let's just go to a country where there's no COVID, everyone can turn up there and they can all do a, you know, 15, 20-day bubble thing, make sure they're all test negative, mm-hmm. and then when that, once that's all done, bang, go out, you tour around the entire country, you play as many games as you, as you can all around the country, maybe even play half the games in New Zealand, half in Papua New Guinea, just put half the teams in one island, half in the other. Yeah. And then have your finals, have a semi in Port Moresby and a semi in Auckland. Yeah. And have the final at Auckland or something like that. What do you reckon? Look, I think it's the way to go. I think New Zealand definitely. I don't know that PNG has enough infrastructure to have games at more than one venue. But uh, and I, I don't just know. Have, what... you just have a bunch of double headers at Port Moresby. That's yeah, the easiest way to go about it. But what's COVID doing in PNG? Like I don't know. I don't know the, how. Apparently, going. they've got no no cases there. Really, no cases, no deaths. Wow. Um, so, but yeah, I, I think it's the way to go. I, I don't think that uh, postponing it is, is you know, right under any circumstances. Why would we postpone it when the host nation can't host it? Mm. Um, and I, I think the way to go is to move to New Zealand for the most part. And yeah, there's no reason why it shouldn't go ahead this year. Um, you know, that they picked this time to have the Rugby League World Cup on this cycle for a reason, and I think they should stick to it. No, I agree. And I think well, I'd, I'd love to see it being played predominantly in New Zealand because 
those poor buggers over there got no rugby league last year, and mm. they're going to miss the first few weeks of this year as well while the, the Warriors are over here again. Yeah, yeah. So it, it'd be a nice thank you to them. Um, it's easy for the the vast majority of, you know, real rugby league playing countries to go to. Um, and as we've said before, look, if if the Northern Hemisphere teams didn't turn up to a rugby league World Cup, would anyone notice? Well, the scorelines would be smaller, so they exactly. probably would notice. It'd be competitive. I mean, do we really need fucking Wales? and a bunch of Australians that are pretending to be Scottish and Irishmen to be playing in the fucking World Cup again. <laughs> oh, mate. You say that, but I know deep down that Lachlan Coote's your favourite Scotsman. Oh, do you know I got blocked by the uh, official Italian Rugby League Twitter because I pointed out that, you know, because you've been to Leichhardt doesn't mean that you're fucking Italian. And they didn't like that. Uh, what if you've been to Carlton in in Melbourne? Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. That's that just Italian. means you're a bogan. <laughs> a bogan Italian. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know we've got coffee here? It's like, yeah, calm down. they got coffee fucking all over the world. Oh, the coffee thing. Yes, yes, the coffee thing. Now, um, man, I don't know what else we can chat about on here. What else has been going on? Uh, not too much that I can think I was, of. Didn't um, Dave Feeder get into trouble again? He went to someone's house uninvited or some shit? I, I saw a little bit of that on Twitter, but that was all. I, I just I didn't even pay attention to it. You know, who hasn't gone to someone's house by accident? Yeah, I mean, I think I remember saying at the time that Dave Feeder's biggest weakness is the off-season, and if I was his coach, I'd be trying to teach him how to play cricket so he's busy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Have you watched any of the cricket? I watched the bits and pieces of the of the test matches. It's always on when I'm working, though, so I don't get to see yeah. much. I have not watched at anything at all. Nothing. Um, what else we got here? Another generation of guinea pigs. Super League stars warning after forced retirement. Who's this? Stevie Ward. What is? What do they mean, guinea pigs? Um. Stevie Ward has been forced to retire at the age of 27 due to concussions, saying he cannot put his health at any further risk. Okay, so the system um, works. He's called on the sport to become more proactive in how it protects players to avoid another generation of becoming guinea pigs in research. But, he, like, if he has chosen to retire to protect his health, right, mm-hmm. and it's at the advice of doctors, surely that means that the, the, the what we need to happen is happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're not having players continually trying to prolong their careers when they really shouldn't be. Yeah, so it's there There are steps, like, I don't know, what, does he put forward any suggestions? Um, not really. I mean, he's, he's obviously worried that players are not being looked after enough. Mm. So, I mean, this comes back an awful lot to what we discussed previously a few times in England is they need a players' union to start with. Oh, 100%. Because at yeah. the moment, they are completely beholden to whatever the game wants them to do. Yeah. And so they will go out there. They will smash themselves around mm-hmm. and get paid fuck all for it, if they get paid at all, mm-hmm. depending on which club they play for. And, yeah, they're going to be in a situation where they couldn't end up with bad health situation because of it so you know a, a good players union would be very useful over there 
they need to stop talking about getting it and go about and actually create one. That would be a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he struggles with migraines, dizziness, motion sickness, sensitivity to light and screen, short-term memory issues, slurred speech, and an inability to exercise or do daily tasks without irritating his symptoms. Mate, that's... All jokes aside, that does sound like it's, it's a onset of that CTE. There's well, a lot sound, of... It sounds terrible. It sounds like you made the right decision to retire. Yeah. Um... Yeah, horrible situation, and he's talking. To, you know, obviously brings up the fact that um, you know Rob Burr has been in the news recently, and what's happened to him. I don't know if you can link. Hasn't he got motor neurone disease? Yeah, he's. I don't think he's as react related to anything that happened to him on the football field. So, mm-hmm. a bit different. But I understand where he's trying to get to, though. Is we should be protecting our brains a bit more, but probably not the right person to use in that that one there. I, I, mean, well, just, I could be wrong, but I don't think Rob Burrows was was from head knocks and stuff. No, no, I I I would suggest it probably isn't. Motor neurone disease is one of those ones that can uh, just get people, you know, and, yeah. and doesn't matter if you've been a footballer or not. Unfortunately, I no, had, a, I had a family member that uh, that had motor neurone disease. Uh, it's a terrible thing, um, but it. it I think that sometimes in rugby league, what we see is, you know, when somebody gets pinged for drug use and then that's a sign that the, you know, the NRL is not doing enough to stop drug use. And it's like, well, they, it, the system works. They got them. You know, I, I think it's very, sometimes it's easy to fall into that trap of thinking that because you see the system working, that it's, there's something bigger underlying that. And I, I think sometimes it's just you're watching the system work. And, I, I, like, I can understand, you know, retiring at the age of 27 has got to be rotten, especially if you've got all of those physical issues. But it's the right thing to do. Um, and, you know, wh- whose decision is it to retire earlier than that? And that's, a, that's the big question about, you know, looking after players in terms of their, the health of their brains going forward. Is that, do you, you know, is it one knockout? Is it two knockouts? Is it a concussion? Is it, you know, the first time you're dizzy? Like, because it's something that's not black and white, it, it's difficult to say when you should stop, you know? Yeah. So. And that's the thing. I mean, one person could cop 15 head knocks and never get concussed. Another one could take one and be knocked out and. There's there's no right or wrong answer to that question. There's no rule of thumb either. It's just no. it's just the way some people are wired, I guess. Yeah, it's like those people that you know smoke till they're a hundred. Yeah. Just, for whatever reason, it doesn't really get to them. And then other people they start smoking, and it's that's it. It's all yeah. over real quickly. So, man, right. it, it, it's a it's a weird one. But um, it's good that he's stopped playing rather than push through it. Yeah, especially given he's only 27, 28 years old. Mm. It's very young to be getting those those issues. So hopefully by stopping playing, he can get them treated. And hopefully it's a short-term thing and not a long-term thing. Because if, if that's a long-term thing, that's that's going to be an absolute pain in the backside to have to live with. Yeah, it'll be terrible. Who was that North Queensland player that retired early from head knocks? Do you remember? Um yeah, he was playing in the halves. From was memory. it Josh Valentine or something like that? Oh, Sean Valentine. Sean Valentine, yeah. 
I wonder how he's going. That poor boy. He's he's struggling. Yeah. Um. He used to just cop him. Uh, he he cop a bad head knock. He'd miss two or three weeks and then come back and then just cop another bad one. It got to the point where you just you just knew every time he copped a, a tackle up around the shoulders, and not not even a legal tackle, just a, a heavy one that was going to jog him a little bit. There's just such a high chance he was going to get concussed, and he's now got moments where he's you know he gets sick every day from nausea and stuff and head spins and forgets things and you know to hear people suffering like that and they're you know. They're in their forties. Yeah, they were yeah. suffering like that in their thirties. That's just horrible. Because you it know, really... they got thirty, forty years of life ahead of them. Where they've got to deal with that every goddamn day. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 rotten. It's rotten. Yeah. But it's like, you know, the the you go back not too long ago, and the idea of someone retiring at the age of twenty-seven because of head knocks would have been unheard of. So there are steps being made. That yeah, was exactly. a good thing, but you know, I, it's never going to be perfect. It's never no. ever going to be perfect. But you got to do the best you can. And I think that you know, getting someone to retire at twenty-seven—that's the best that you know we can hope for at this point in time, anyway. That's right. Um, now, going back to the Dave Fafita thing, it appears that that's all been resolved. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, it says he, he was arrested after allegations of trespassing on December 27. However, the 20-year-old 20, was released without charge in what was his second off-season incident. Well, it's not really an incident, given that he was released without being charged. Mm. And then it just goes on about what he did last year and yeah. his training, and it's just a complete waste of time. So there it'd, you go. That's nothing. It would be cool to wake up one day and David Fafita's hanging out at your place. I'd be like, David Fafita! Oh, tell me about why he moved to the Titans. I'd probably do a podcast with him. Well, that, there's an idea. Yeah. Um, what else is it? Dave Fafita, I know you listen. <laughs> come to Penrith. Come to Penrith? Yeah, come to Penrith, hang out, you know. You just let yourself in, and uh, we'll do a podcast. Why not? Now, shall we go through some of the player moves that have happened? Yeah, why not? Because... I haven't seen too many big ones that jumped out at me. Nah. See, uh, three days ago, the Tigers and Cowboys traded uh, junior players that we don't know who any of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, Elijah Taylor, Taylor has left the West Tigers and gone to Salford. Um, he had a bit of a drama with his manager too. Did you hear about that one? Uh, yeah, I saw that. He, the only thing I saw is that he was missing money. Yeah. Trusted the his manager with his money, and it looks like the the manager's been a little bit. Uh, let's not get ourselves in trouble. No, I would say to anybody that's looking to become a, a professional sportsman, you get yourself a player manager, but then you, by yourself and not recommended by that player manager, also get a completely indiv- independent financial advisor. That's always that a good way. They check each other, you know, they check each other what, you know, is going on. Or speak with a few players um, like Ben Hannett, Petra Sivanaseva from the past, um, and Christian Welch at the moment, because these guys represent themselves, so they don't need a player manager. Yeah. That's probably a better idea too. Um, yeah, true. Learn how to do that process and how to handle that, that system. Um, so yeah, unfortunate for 
what's happened with Taylor there, but he's at least he's got to gear at Salford. He's he's a good defensive player, um, but just didn't really offer much in the NRL anymore in attack. Yeah. So it's good to see that he's got himself another gig though. Be interesting um, to see how he goes at Salford actually. I think he'll do pretty well. I'll probably have him playing at lock. I think he'll um he'll probably find his attack again there. He'll have a bit more yeah. freedom to move around. Yeah, true. Um, Zane Tedovanu is going to Leeds. Yeah, that was a bit of a strange one. Hey, he was very good for the Panthers last yeah. year. And I thought Penrith would hang on to him because like we know Penrith's got a ton of depth in the backs. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they had as much to of disposable talent in the forwards, especially no. after losing losing Tamo. Um, I thought they were going to hang on to him because I thought he played pretty well, but I haven't let him go. Yeah, I it's it's definitely a blow. I mean, Tamo and him, they were two of their better front rowers, and it takes away that depth that they had, you know, that you got an 80-minute performance out of their forward rotation. Well, that won't be there this year, I don't think. So um, the other thing that they did was they held on to uh, Brent Naden, who I would have sacked immediately. Yeah, it's an odd one, that. Yeah. Um, Penrith also picked up Jamin Salmon from the Parramatta Eels. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricky Latelli has joined Huddersfield, I think. All right, yep. So he's going back over. He'll come back. He was a Toronto player and was really screwed over. He was he was in a bit oh. of a situation and then picked up a gig with the Storm last year in their squad, and now he's back, heading back over, which is... Good. Hopefully he gets paid this time. Yeah, well, I think Huddersfield's a, a bit more of a um, financially stable team than a lot of the others there. Yeah, yeah. And they may not be as successful, but I think they're slowly building to a more consistent sort of place. They're still mm-hmm. not a top five or six team in Super League, but they're, they are back into the top, top eight where they probably should be. Yeah. So... Um, Roosters have re-signed a few players. Alvaro joins the Dragons. Takarangi's gone to Hull KR. Uh, Josh Adokar joins the Bulldogs. Jordan Rapana re-signs with the Raiders. Asiata joins the Broncos. That was a weird signing, that one. Asiata just looked like a, a decent depth player at the Cowboys. Yeah. And the Broncos... They're now doing something which I think is problematic for the club, mm-hmm. and that is when when Seabold got there, he was he very quickly just ditched a whole heap of the experienced players, yeah, which is always a problem because you've then got this you know young squad that haven't played many games together and no experience on the field to lead them around, or the unexperienced player you've got is Darius Boyd. He's playing like he doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And now he's retired, and now they've gone and ditched a coach. So they seem to be in this sort of downward spiral thing where they've sacked the coach, they've dumped their players, and now they're going to try and buy their way back into being competitive in their eyes. Well, it makes you wonder about how much – we don't, don't talk about it too much in rugby league, but how much does chemistry matter to a team? And I think when you look at the Panthers last year, you could definitely say that team had a lot of chemistry – um, whether they were the best team in the league or not, they all seemed to get on really well. They were enjoying being around each other. They were very successful. And look, success makes everyone happy, so you've got to take that into account. But I think that the the Broncos definitely fell into a pattern of 
it, there was there were none of those in between players. It was like everyone was just really kind of starting their careers. Everyone was at the very very end of their careers, and it makes you realise that you kind of need a little bit of a spread through your squad of players in different. You know, like the Panthers had Fisher Harris, for instance, who was at a different point in his career, and. Um, you know, you need those in-between plays. You can't just go all young and hope that it all works out over the long run. That's right. Um, I dare say, too, a lot of those Panthers players had been playing junior footy together. Yeah. And so that means that as as much as they might be young when they come to, to first grade, they've still got a lot of, you know, a lot of the people that are on the field with are people who are very, very familiar with. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the systems that they used as juniors They've been using exactly the same systems all the way through to the you know senior debuts and stuff. So they're in a comfortable environment, and I think that makes it a lot easier to be relaxed and do your job properly on the field. Which is why Penrith, I think, um, did so well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people look at them and go, "Oh, they're so young." It was it was probably they're probably thinking it's a bit of a fluke the way they performed last year. But when you realise that so many of them have played junior footy together. That's just a completely cohesive unit that's just come up as juniors into first grade. They just know everybody's game around them. And they just they only need a few older heads around them to help them out every now and then, you know, here, there, and everywhere. And that's pretty much it in a bit of depth. But the Broncos didn't have that. They're, and they're doing this thing that they never used to do. Mm-hmm. And that's they're now buying lots of players from other clubs. Like you remember when the Broncos were dominant through the, the whole 90s period and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. They didn't buy players from other clubs. It was rare, and when they bought a player, it was a, a it was like a really good player. Yeah, you know? but it'd be like one or two every year, if if that yeah. from here there everywhere. And they usually tried to stick with Queenslanders if they could, mm-hmm. but now they just take whatever they can find. And now they're not even trying to buy superstars anymore. They're doing, let's be honest, they're doing a West Tigers. They're buying whatever's available. Yeah, and th- the other thing is too, like they. The thing that the Broncos have done really poorly, probably over the last 10, starting to get to be near 10 years now, is that they will have a junior player who, that it looks good in the juniors. And when they step up into first grade, and it's pretty clear early on that they don't have what it takes, they persevere with them based on what they did as a junior player. And, you know, the Broncos of old never used to do that. Like, if you didn't cut the mustard, you were out, you are gone. Yeah, and so you see a lot of players that the Broncos have had over the last ten years, and you know they they sort of stick with them and hang around, and it's they they're not real. I mean, they're kind of fringe first graders for a long, long time at the club, and they can always manage to stay at the club. It's it's a bit of a weird situation they've got there. Yeah, it's. I know. I think they've. They've departed a long way from what used to work all the time, and they mm. seem to be panicking now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, look, I wouldn't be surprised if they are better in 2021 because, fuck, you can hardly be much worse. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I I can't see them making the finals in, in 2021. No, neither can I. I. I think that the thing, if I was Kevin Walters, I w- it would just be all defence. This offseason would just be about defence getting their players to... I think a lot of their play, their forwards have to drop some weight. And I'm not saying that they were overweight. I just think that they were carrying too much mass. 
and they need to be much more mobile than they were last year. And I think that that will help them with their defence because their defence, I mean, it was tragic. It was one of the worst defensive teams of all time. And from there, you can work on the attack during the season. Yeah, that's right. It's They've got so much to work on. Oh, they really do. It's a... Look, Kevin Walters took over. He's a nice bloke. It's a bloody, it's a bloody hard job. If you can make that work, he's doing well. Yeah, I do worry if if he gets off to a bad start. Um, I do worry that they they may be tempted to ax him as well. Yeah, and, that's and, the thing. Brokers are not a club that knows how to be um, unsuccessful. And yeah, so, and we saw that last year. Like mm, you got to, you know. Everyone can win. Everyone can win. But when the times are tough, that's when you see if a football team knows how to football team. And the Broncos exactly. clearly did not. No. And I suppose it also it also shows how good the back office is. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, we're seeing a back office that is confused, lost, and guessing a lot. Yeah. And it's all panic. And there's no plan. No, no, they're just trying to get right. How do we stop being last? That's yeah, the exactly. only goal right now. They're papering over the cracks, and that's not how you do it. And I think of, like, as a Panthers fan, like, I've seen our our team hit rock bottom a few times. and But when you watch it, you can see the club, you know, and it's not fun. It's not fun to watch, but you see them starting to put the pieces in place and, you know, it it might not be those first pieces that are there when the team gets successful, but it's the it's starting to build that the team back up again, and the Broncos seem to have this scattergun approach where it's not there's no method to it, which is a real worry for me. Like I think we saw we we've seen a bit of a similar thing at the Cowboys as well. They're another team that's doing that at the moment, but if it if it doesn't work for Kevin Walters. Who is next? You know, I, and I don't think that there's an obvious next candidate off the rank because then all of a sudden, like if you look at Seabold and what it, his career's finished and then you look at they would do it to Kevin Walters if they do punt him when it, if it doesn't start working out really quickly. You know, it's a, it's a poison job all of a sudden that no one will want. That's right. Um you start to get the impression that the only person that can coach that club is Wayne Bennett. <laughs> yeah, and look, they went back to that again, and they punted him again. They, they got rid of him twice. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. They're going to improve because they can't get any worse than they did last year. So Surely. Surely they can't get any worse. It would be pretty funny, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, trust me, I'm I'm here for it if they're, if they're worse because... <laughs> Man, I'll be punching out stats like you can't believe. <laughs> you know, I, I even, I can even handle the fact mm-hmm. that the West Tigers season went to complete shit. Yeah, the very day they beat the Broncos forty-eight nil last year, because yeah, at that point that they got into the top eight, and everyone's going, "Oh, the Tigers!" You see them almost put fifty on the Broncos. Yeah, the Tigers—they're a thing. And I was like, "Eh, I don't know." And then I think they only won like two games for the rest of the year after that. So yeah, yeah, that, that's that's they're not a thing. <laughs> we we didn't realise that pretty much everyone's going to put fifty on the Broncos at that stage. 
That's right. So it came across as being impressive, but when you saw the way the Tigers were scoring some of the tries going, yeah, they're not doing it out of being phenomenally brilliant. They're doing it yeah. because Brisbane's just phenomenally shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that night, they were worse than they'd ever been. I don't think they played worse all year than when they played against the Tigers. So, okay, so we we haven't done our deep dives and stuff into the teams this year, right? Mm-hmm. But just off the top of your head, who would you say favourites to be minor premiers, favourites to be wooden spooners? Ooh. Um, look, you've you got to say, I don't, I'm going to say Melbourne's going to be uh, very close to being minor premiers. I agree. I'd pick that. Whether Cameron Smith plays or not makes zero fucking difference because if you've got that Harry Grant in that team, mm-hmm. after what we saw in Origin... He's providing so much energy out of dummy half. I think it's going to work perfectly. I think Craig Bellamy is just dying to have him there in mm-hmm. the first grade side. Um, so, yeah, I think that's. I think they're going to be tough to beat. Um, Penrith should still be up there again. Um, I think South are going to slide a bit. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Ah, that's interesting. I just think they're, they're struggling for for depth at the moment, and they've. I mean, they've lost a, f- a few players, and they've not really replaced them with like for like players. They well, they get Jai Arrow, which will be a good addition, and they'll get um, Latrell Mitchell back at fullback, which mm. will be huge because he was just starting to find his feet at fullback. And but they I, lost. But they lost Corey Allen. Yeah. He was playing pretty bloody well, and someone they should have hung on to, but they've lost him to, I think he's gone to the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Um, James Roberts, I mean, he's a 50-50. See, but, I yeah. think James Roberts is a, like, I, I, I don't even think of him as being on South last year. He was just, they, they, he was a nothing no. for South. He was, but um, if they had him and he's, you know, perfectly fit and playing well, I mean, we've seen how good he is when that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's probably just a few, yeah, a, a decent pre-season or a decent off-season away from getting back to where he was. Who knows? Um, but they didn't really replace him with someone who was equally as skilled. Mm-hmm. We just look at skill set alone. They, they'd replace him, I think, with Toto Moga. See, I, I don't know. I really, I think that South will go better. I really no. do. No, I can't see it. Okay. That's all right. So okay, um, so because I agree with you in terms of Penrith and the Storm, they're very easy picks. Like, yeah. if Penrith isn't in first or second, they're going to be like fourth or fifth at worst. Yeah, that's right. They should still definitely be in there. Yeah. Um, Canberra should still be in the top top five. Mm-hmm. The Roosters should still be in the top five. Yeah. Um. What do you think of the Eels? I'm not I'm not convinced on the Eels, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit worried about the Eels. I think that... Do you want, do you want a hot take? Go on, do a hot take. By the way, I fucking hate the term hot take, but go for it. <laughs> so tell do me, I. So tell me a hot take. It's such I'll a give, fucking tossed term. Eh? It is. I'll give you a hot take. I don't think the Eels are going to make the eight next year. Oh, shit. Holy shit. Okay. I they'll, think they'll, they'll, they'll go close. I'll, I've got them down for ninth. Okay, so... Here's the thing about the Eels, right? They've been together for a long time now. So mm-hmm. that whole cohesion thing really should work in their favour. But it should have worked in their favour last year as well. And last, it year was, last year was their time. Yes. 
and it that it just kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that teams have worked them out a little bit. I think I wonder if maybe the new rules worked against them a little bit as well as time went on, and teams worked out the new rule set. Um, and I, I do worry about the Eels. I think they'll make the eight, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if they were in the bottom of the top eight. Yeah, I I think they'll finish ninth. I think we're in a, we've now got to a point where I don't think you can say the West Tigers are going to be the perennial ninth place team anymore. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's going to be Parramatta. I think the Tigers are going to be lower than that. So where who do you think is coming last? Oh, see, I think the Bulldogs are still a chance. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that because I think they've got a completely disgraceful roster. I think they've yeah. improved their roster an awful lot. Yeah. But what we've seen in the past is if you go around and make a heap of roster changes, it doesn't automatically mean complete improvement on the field. Mm-hmm. It usually means... You get that roster there. You have that one season where you've got to readjust and everyone's got to create all those combinations and stuff. And the second year of that is when you start seeing the big improvements. We saw that with Newcastle. Yeah. Like Nathan Brown's last season there was when they finally had a settled roster. Yeah. But they were still getting things organized. And it wasn't until last year, the year after he left, that you know, things started to fall into place. They got into the final. Or did they get into the, they moved up the ladder. Yeah significantly they are much more competitive so they're building on something now which is where the bulldogs i think are going to be pushing for a final spot probably in in one to two years time because i think they're building in the right way it all depends on how well um that bloke who's going to be coached we don't know his name all, all i know is that he uses eyeliner oh gorgeous eyes yeah that's all we know mm-hmm. but uh, yeah that's that's pretty much it so I think that the teams that I'm worried about this year, I think the North Queensland Cowboys, I'm really worried about them. Um, I just don't see any improvement in them at all, but we'll we'll see how they go. Your West Tigers, I'm really, really worried about them. Like, if I had to pick a wooden spoon right now, I'd say it's them. I think the Broncos will be close, but I think that they should be able to get off the bottom of the ladder. Um and and they're they're the generally the ones that I I think will be at the bottom. Yeah, and I, look, I think the Titans should get into the finals. Oh yeah, I think the Titans will be finalists for sure. Um, actually, another team that could be scrapping for the spoon might be the Dragons as well. See, I have a feeling the Dragons are going to improve a lot. Mm. I know that they've got well, like take out Griffin, like their their assistant coaches are. Just all the warning signs are there. You know what I mean? Their yeah. assistant coach, they might have the worst assistant coaching team that's ever been assembled in the history of any professional sport, <laughs> like anywhere in the universe. The thing is, I don't think they've improved their roster. Uh, but I, I don't know that they had to. I think that if they just train I, better and are better coached, then that'll be enough for them to just not be a wooden spoon sort of candidate. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe. Not, I'm not saying they'll be a top eight team, no. but I think that they'll be, you know, in that, you know, that 13 to 12, you know, 10, 8, not 8, 9 sort of area. I suppose another one in that region is Manly. They're a bit unknown. 
Yeah. Um, the Warriors too. Yeah, it's, it's going to be um, interesting because they got better when they turfed a bunch of players back to New Zealand and they had a bunch of players that were donated to them. Well, they don't have those players well, now. I also got better when Todd Payton was coach. That's true. And they ditched him as well. Well, they didn't ditch him. He he didn't want to be coached there. He wanted to go to the Cowboys. And that's another thing that makes the Cowboys a bit more of a threat this year. Well, that's the thing. If Todd Payton can can do even a little bit of what he did at the the Warriors, it'll be a good thing for the Cowboys. But I just look at the Cowboys, you know, I know obviously Tom Alolo, he's the best forward in the world. I'm not convinced on Valentine Holmes. I think he's been a bust. And I just don't see much more talent there around. Like, I think that you need to build with way more talent, and they just don't have it. Well, the the upside for them is uh, Michael Morgan have been playing with niggling injuries for the last few years now, and he's decided to just um, bite the bullet and have a whole heap of operations to get himself fully corrected for this season. And apparently mm-hmm. he's gone through all of those perfectly fine. And um, if he's not training already, he's very close to it. Oh, and back good. to almost full fitness. Yeah. I think that's going to help Valentine Holmes a lot because the problem they had last year at the Cowboys is they kept trying to use Holmes as a playmaker, and that's not what he is. He never has been. Yeah. He's a bloke who runs onto the ball. Yeah. He runs on brilliant. He's a great finisher. That's his job. And I think he can do that sort of a role at fullback. Great kick returns. He can chime in with, you know, a run-around play, I guess, sort of thing, or, you know, looping around the back into the back line to score a try. That's pretty much the majority of his playmaking ability. Yeah. Um, and I think if he's got genuine halves there to help help set him up and put him in those positions, he'll be perfectly fine. But they didn't have that last year because they just didn't have halves around. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a key thing that they'll, that hopefully they'll have right for this year. Um the worries, though, I just worry that if they get off to a slow start, Brown will come in and just go, right, time to gut this place, and that will set them back another two years. Yeah, and I I don't think they need gutted. I think they just need to, you know, I think that this year I would have said to all those players that went home, I would have said, look, we got better when you went home. Like, you need to really step it up this year. Um, and RTS, I think if they have a bad year, he'll switch to rugby union. And that's fair enough. You know, I, I, he doesn't want to waste the best years of his career. I reckon the, he'll go to another NRL club, to be honest. Yeah, I say I think he'll mm. be, I think he'll go to a reunion. There's uh, been a lot of talk about it over the off season. I, I think he'll. There's going to be a few clubs with a fair bit of coin around next year. Cronulla's one of them because they're not going to have. You know, this year I think Cronulla's going to have Moylan, Dugan, Aaron Woods all off contract, mm-hmm. that's a fair chunk of cash. Would you take RTS for 1.5 million bucks? At Cronulla, yes. At, at What about West Tigers? I'd probably have to, yeah, because they've got no, other, <laughs> no one else there in the spine. So, yeah. And the Tigers are probably going to be close to having a bit of cash around too because Russell Packer's gone this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they've still got money left over, I think, from, from Reynolds' departure and Elijah Taylor. Like, they haven't spent much of that money, so they're probably going to have close to you know 1.5 available, possibly too. Because I think that if for him to go back to Australia to play rugby league, I think that's what you're going to have to throw at him. And oh, I think he's worth it. He is. He is. Yeah. 
Um, it's going to be somewhere in that mark. I would, I wouldn't be surprised if he settles for something around one point two, one point three. What if the Broncos come out and offered him that much? I wonder if he'd go to the Broncos. I don't think he would. Yeah, so, I've, I've got that feeling too. I think he'd want to go somewhere where he's like, if I go there, I'm the finishing touch. Yeah, um, I like, and that's why I think Cronulla's probably more likely because they haven't got a team that's going backwards at a rapid rate or not. So I think they're only, you know. One or two decent signings away from, you know, staying in the top eight. I guess I don't think they, if they do slide out of the top eight this year, I don't think it's going to be far. But I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they hang on there. They're pretty good at playing at home, even though it's someone else's home. They, mm-hmm. they tend to have a pretty good home record, and I think that might be enough to get them across the line. Yeah, and I've got a feeling. I wouldn't be shocked if, when they get rid of all of those players, they took a bit of a step back, but the, then they signed players. And it, it moved them back up again because I, I think overall they've got a pretty solid squad. You know, there's not too many world beaters in there, but they 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 get to the job done. You know? Yeah, that's right. So I think they're they're sort of sitting pretty well at the moment. I think John Morris has managed that roster very well indeed. Yeah, brought through a good bunch of juniors as well. Um, picked up some really good cheap buys. Um, Got some good forward rotation too. There's not many clubs that got a better forward rotation, especially on the budget he's got his on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this talk that they, the Sharks want to get rid of him as coach is fucking nuts. Crazy. Who, who's going to be do a better job? Yeah. Like that. That's one of the. That's been one of the hardest coaching jobs since he took over. And considering what he has done with that club, man, he, he's done very, very, very well. Absolutely. Now, I've got one question for you. Okay. Because we're going to see something unique happen this year at Parramatta if Mitch Moser stays fit. Oh, okay. What is it? He could become the first halfback. And this is this is this is games where they start at halfback. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He could be the first halfback to play a hundred games for the Parramatta Eels since Peter Sterling. <laughs> That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. That, okay, here's a question for you. Mm. Does he get there? Or well, does he, he needs... end up at Newcastle and Mitchell Pearce ends up at Parramatta? This is the thing. He's 18 games away. That's 18 games at halfback away. That's that's a bit of a slog. That's a slog, isn't it? Yeah, it's not, it's not a layup. No, no. If you're Parramatta... And you think you, this is a make or break season, and you're you're Brad Arthur, right? And you could get sacked. You'll, you'll get paid out, but you'll never coach again. And you think this is a make or break season for you? Do you make that swap? It's a tough one because see, yeah. I've I've got a theory, and I'm I'm going to do some stats on it um, to see if there's any merit to it. Okay, but I think if you if you haven't had um, a player. What's, what's another way of wording it? I, I don't think there's any clubs other than Parramatta who are currently in the NRL who have gone this long without having one half back play at least 100 games for the club. I mean, that's 30 years. Yeah, that's insane. And no no half back to reach 100 games for the club. And uh, I think I think that's probably a key thing as to why they have not won a premiership in that, that time as well. Because you think the whole time they went without a premiership, I don't think they had a halfback that played 100 games for them. And Sterling came along, they won a bunch, and then he retired and nothing since. 
it's probably just a fluky thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if having a half pack with that much of experience helps a team um, get to a grand final and win one. Now, obviously, the counter to that is Luke Brooks. <laughs> yes, he's going to be. He's going to play his 150th game this year, and he hasn't even played a single finals game yet. So it's a tricky one. I've got to try and find a way of getting a, a balance there, I guess. Yeah, I get. You know, I guess the complete opposite of that is when you get James Maloney. Yeah, because Who, he, he, like, he just needs two seasons at a club and he's fine. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's a, like. That's a really interesting one. James Maloney's going to go down as one of those blokes who will be forever underrated for what he provided on a field. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to see a great deal of footballing highlights from James Maloney, but it's what he helped the team achieve around him. It's so interesting. I put him, I put him in a similar, similar mould, I guess, as Jonathan Thurston. Well, you know, it, it's interesting how there's some players they just they give confidence to the people around them. Like I always think Kevin Campion was a player like that in a weird way. Yeah. 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 And like, there are just some players that other players, when they join their team for, for whatever reason, they just get confidence from them. And that's, it's a real X factor for certain players. Yeah. I mean, we've already seen Catalan dragons playing a lot better. And being one of the top teams in the Super League since mm. since Maloney got there, um, the bloke's just he just doesn't know failure. I wonder if he gets a call this year. <laughs> he was getting calls last year. Speaking of getting calls, yeah, Gareth Widdop. Oh man, poor Gareth. I, I find you know I find this funny. Yeah. Because I don't think Gareth Woodup at any stage was contemplating a return to the NRL. Because if that was the case, why would he have signed a three-year deal with, was it Warrington? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he signed a three-year deal with them. You don't sign a three-year deal with someone if you plan to leave a year mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. So I think this whole time he's gone, you know what, I'm going to Warrington for three years and that'll probably do me. He'll probably retire at the end of that. That's probably his long-term plan right there. Yeah. And yet, all last year in this off-season... We're hearing media people, some people in media going, oh, Widdop's going to return. He's in the talk. He's in the talk there. And then all of a sudden you hear, you know, Widdop's just returned to training at Warrington. <laughs> it's like, I don't think he fucking had any intentions of coming back home to to or coming back to the NRL. I think he's had his heart set on playing for Warrington and that's it. Because you heard nothing from him. Yeah, you didn't. I, I read somewhere, and I don't know, it might have just been a, a random Twitter post where they said he had actually done his quarantine in getting ready to come back to Australia, but he didn't get an offer, which I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I can see where an NRL club would say he's been too injury prone to break his contract at Warrington. He's going to need too much money. I can see where Gareth Widdop would be looking back at the NRL and saying, man, it's so much more settled over there. And I could have just stayed there and gone to any club. And, you know, it just would have been a much easier season, but, you know, who knows? It, it felt like there wasn't a, an obvious choice of a club for him to go to. I think that's the big problem. Let me put a poser then, given the sceptic of the media that I am. Yes. What's the chances that they knew farewell that he probably was just planning to come over to visit his parents? Because I dare say they probably still live here because you've got to remember <laughs> that 
they moved over here as a family when he was a teenager. Yes. So they probably still live here somewhere. I don't know. I'm just speculating. So maybe the media's going, oh, Widdop's in quarantine to get ready to come back to Australia. He must have a job with the NRL team. He could have probably just been coming over to have fucking Christmas with his family and then heading back to England again. That's a good point. And I could see where you'd go into quarantine thinking, man, this Super League season eight starting with all this COVID. I'm going to go into quarantine and all that. Maybe he applies for the visas and stuff and can't get, get over because of the uh, travel restrictions. He's like, oh, fuck. Fuck it. Well, he probably would have been blocked from, from Australian airports at the time. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Because they moved to, I think it was Altona or around that region down here in Melbourne. Imagine okay. trying to get from England to Melbourne now. Yeah, that would be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. He's probably just going, oh, fuck, it's too hard. I can't be asked. I couldn't get from Sydney to Melbourne right now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good point. So I, I just had something along those lines and some media person's found out about it and gone, oh, he's going to the NRL game. No, just, just fucking pipe down. <laughs> I wonder how often players say stuff just off the cuff and it's picked up on. And you know, I want to see that a lot more often than it happens. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd like to see players just just leading the NRL on, like Cameron Smith does. I think it's funny. So many people have hated Cameron Smith for the majority of his career, but I think right now he is more lovable than ever, purely because he's driving Fox Sports journos up the fucking wall because he won't tell them what's going on with his contract. I find that so fucking awesome. I'm just loving Cameron Smith more and more every day because of it. You just he's know what? James Hooper's sitting there, yeah, just pulling his eyebrows out. <laughs> That's the only hair he's got left on his head. <laughs> <laughs> he's pulling out these little hairs, his eyebrows. Why won't Cameron tell me when he's gonna play on? Really, I need to know. If I was Cameron Smith, <laughs> I would get, I would pay someone to just drive my car and park it at the training facility. Just to put everyone off. Just oh. so they're like, well, his fucking car's been here every day. He he should go around and just get a bunch of personalised plates that have got just got Cam 09 on them in some <laughs> other weird format in every state and park one of those cars at every single NRL club headquarters. <laughs> well, can you imagine, just say, and I don't know where Cameron Smith is right now, but just say, uh, like, I feel like if he's not in Melbourne... He's probably in Queensland somewhere. But can you imagine if there was just one, if he, I don't know if he's got an Instagram, but he just puts an Instagram picture up and it's just him in a Cowboys like training singlet. And he yeah, doesn't say was... anything else except like, man, hot day today. It's a good, <laughs> good day for training. That's then... exactly what he should do. The 16 days of Cam Smith and every day, it... he's just wearing some team gear from some other NRL club. Yeah. And just yeah. some random thing. Like it doesn't have to be the full jumper stuff. Just put a cap on one day. Just a yeah, single on another day, a pair of footy shorts from another club the next day. You know, just turn up at some other club and just, yeah, a photo with, say, David Fafita. Hey, you going there, mate? You know, just doing some ball skills with, with my mates. Yeah, just random, like, random posts, like, uh, put up a, a picture of, like, RTS and say, I was talking to RTS all day today about the Warriors and it's going to be a good season. That, just really cryptic stuff. Get some um, photographer to take a photo of him in a cafe somewhere talking with Nick Politis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Come on, Cameron. Please do this. This would be the, the most epic trolling thing ever. And you would have so much fun and you would break Fox Sports. It would be so amazing. Gets named 
in in the Storm team for round one, pulls out on the morning, and in the press conference after, Bellamy says, oh, yeah, he retired this morning. And that's it. Like, that would be great. <laughs> oh, there's so many ways we could go with this. There really is. I think he needs a media advisor, and that needs to be us. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I tell you what else should happen. The Melbourne Storm should sign this young bloke that's playing for for Leeds at the moment. Which one? Uh, his name's Cameron Smith. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. He's a he's a back rower. Yeah, good utility young player. He's only twenty two. They should just sign him up and say, you know, we've just signed Cameron Smith on a, uh, let's just say, a five-year deal. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> that would be the best. Oh, everyone go nuts. So damn brilliant. I feel like that. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine you wake up tomorrow and the universe has heard you and you wake up tomorrow and everyone's like, the fucking West Tigers just signed Cameron Smith, and you're like, yes! <laughs> and it's that guy. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't even complain, to be honest. Okay, hey, oh, he was signed a forward, player. not a winger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, boy. That's, uh, there, there's some ideas for you. Yeah, yeah. We just basically want to fucking troll the media. That's all Cameron Smith should do. He should, like, just. So I saw Hammy, you know, just spent all year just with the supposed injuries. Yeah. As either that or just say he's retired, but then they just name him on the 18th man every week. <laughs> well, they just say, oh, he's retired, right? And then round one, they name him. And they say, he's retired, and he's like, oh, yeah, he's unretired. Yeah, it wasn't a medical retirement. He just changed his mind, and we went, yeah. ah, fair enough. <laughs> Just put him at 17 every week. I saw a, a news clip the other day that they were saying how Howard Grant is training with the Storm and he's training at Hooker. Yeah. And, like, they, oh, they're, re- they're ready for it. Just do it, Cameron. Yeah. And every time he gets pictured with something, he's holding his book. <laughs> I saw a great picture, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, someone went along to one of his book signings. Yeah. I didn't have Cameron Smith's book on him though. Yeah. That Paul Gallon's one. <laughs> no. It's so like Cameron Smith signed, <laughs> signed the Paul <laughs> Gallon book. Oh, that's great. How can people that's... not like him? He's got a fucking sense of humor on him. I don't get it. I've always liked Cameron Smith. Yeah, I've, I've had a few interactions with him. Um, God, a decade ago now. Mm. He was friendly and laid back and easy going. I went, Man, he's fine. Yeah. He's a decent enough bloke. But yeah. I like the fact he's stirring him up. Yeah, it's it's uh it's funny how you can get a lot of people disliking certain players for no particular reason. Yeah, that's right. I mean the worst thing he did in his footballing career on the field mm. was when he tried to um he tried to twist Sam Friday's head off. Yeah, there was. I, I feel like there was another. Wasn't there a player where he twisted their ankle in a tackle? Oh, it might have been. Yeah, I feel like there was one of those. I think the 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 Sam Tardo one was the one where he got suspended and missed the grand final. Yeah, it was like he was trying to pull the top off of a fucking jar. 
<laughs> you know, like in in those movies when when um you know the action hero breaks some bloke's neck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember watching it going. It's just stuck in my mind. Like, what are you doing, Cameron? <laughs> you know, it's not so much, not so much to do that. Like you you're doing that all wrong. <laughs> yeah, nuts. Well, is that the end of the episode? Yeah, it's been a good first episode. I think. I think it's that's a good return. Yeah, 2021, rocking it again. Yeah, last year we started with bushfires, this year we start with a virus. Yeah, I wonder what next year brings us, hey? Well, what do you think we're going to get stuck with at the end of this year? Aliens? Aliens? Why not? Yeah, fuck it. I mean, we also had today the the redneck stormed um, Capitol Hill in in the US. That was fun. Who really needs a Capitol anyway? Yeah, they're overrated. Yeah. Yeah, it made me realise, too, how nonchalant Australians are about politics in comparison. Well, the problem is, like, if you said to people, let's storm the capital, and Australians would be like, yeah! And it's like, it's in Canberra, and they'd be like, ooh, I think I've got plans. <laughs> I don't think you get Australians rolled up that much. They're going, yeah, bloody politicians, they're all the bloody same. That's pretty much the attitude for most of them. They're all bloody rottenness, and I can't be fucked. <laughs> the closest we ever come to anything like that is when people got upset because they put fences up and you couldn't roll down the hill on the top of Parliament House anymore. <laughs> people were like, I'd like to roll down the hill. Yeah, that that was our our right against Parliament House. Pretty much, you know why? You know why Australian Parliament House is built in a hill? Do you know? Do you, do you tell? No. Uh, it's so that they remind the population that shit rolls downhill. Ah, oh, right. Yes, that's true. Mm. <laughs> uh, there's one other thing we've we've discussed a few times before. This is not really rugby league related. Okay. About the national anthem. Oh, yeah. They changed the... Now, they changed okay, a word. They changed the word. Now, you and me come up with some... I feel like it was a single word change. But it wasn't just one, was it? It was some other word. I can't remember what it was now. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was good. It was that good. I've forgotten, but I can't remember what it was. And it was something similar to what they did. They so instead of from, from saying we are young and free, now we are one and free. And yeah. as I pointed out uh, a couple of weeks ago on Twitter, it's like now we are young, and you have to wear a face mask. You can't leave your suburb. You can't travel out of the state. You can't leave the country, and free. Well, that's the thing. Are we free, though? Because, I mean, we don't have our freedom protected in the Constitution here, so, you know, yeah. not not officially free. We're kind of... Aren't we still subjects of the fucking Queen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we're not we're, free. We're not free. Um, and also, I object to being worth zero. <laughs> what do you mean, zero? I'm not free. I think if people want to buy me, they have to pay some sort of some sort of funds for me. I'm not going to be free. I at least want to be. I want somebody charged for my like meat weight, <laughs> bone. Even if it's boned out, I want the meat weight charge. Oh yeah, how much per kilo? That's a good question. Um, I, I really don't know. I'm sure there's an expert that could <laughs> that could price my meat weight. <laughs> Oh, this is going to some murky areas. It really is. <laughs> some quality meat, Andrew. Oh. Quality meat. Tell you what, if you had it around about 10 grand, 
per kilo. Yeah. I'd be just shaving slices off my gut here, there, and everywhere and just paying off my mortgage in about three or four slices. If somebody said to you, listen, your kidney is worth 24 grand, would you go in and give someone your kidney? Nah, I want a bit more than that. Would you? How much? hundred. A hundred grand for your kidney? Yeah, why not? Man, that's what... Come on, I've looked after it. I've, I've, not, I've not consumed any alcohol in my life, so I've looked after mine. It's pristine. See, this is this is where you've priced yourself out the market, and now I'm looking to join. Well, I haven't. Do you want to have a pristine kidney, or do you want to have a shit one? I, I will get... I will get a... Look... <laughs> Where's where's Carrie Packer's fucking chopper? Actually, actually, you know what? Yeah. Do you want to get the Honda Accord of kidneys, or do you want <laughs> Latrell, or do you want Latrell Mitchell's Mercedes Benz of kidneys? Because that's what we're looking at here. Six uh, hundred fifty thousand. That's my asking price now. <laughs> Isn't that how much his Merc was? <laughs> yeah, it's ended up being <laughs> grand. I don't know. I don't know how much I'd want for a kidney. I, I'd have I'd have good kidneys. Uh, no no history of kidney issues in my genetics, so Likewise. I would probably survive on one kidney. Yeah, I know I will. Yeah, actually, I could just take one of mine, cut it in half, and just use one each side. I'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, you could take one of mine, cut it in half. There you go. It's six hundred fifty thousand per half. So now I want one point three million for mine. Now I want to know what the going price for a kidney is. Hey? <laughs> Oh uh, boy! So I bet you could pick one up for five grand. <laughs> I bet you go to the right place in the world, and it's like five grand. It's going right easy. Wouldn't want to be your internet search history tonight. <laughs> I'm going to search for that shit. I'll search for the same thing I search for. By the way, but speaking of internet searches, did you see fucking Pornhub got rid of most of its content? I heard about that. Yeah, yeah terrible news. Devastating. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's done nothing to the uh, bottom line there, though. Yeah, I, I've got no idea. I've got no idea. It's just that people would view all the content a lot quicker, I guess. Probably. <laughs> you know what they should do? Yeah. Completely off topic. They should yeah. just start having you know, actual movies on there, not porn movies, just new release movies. Just put them on there. Well, you know, there's always been this feeling that people have felt like Pornhub should start a an alternative to YouTube because they obviously now how to do streaming videos and like people used to put up i'm pretty sure all of the episodes of futurama were on there at one point <laughs> uh and there was another show i can't remember what show it was but there was like a show people like that was on there that was also on Pornhub. but um but yeah so maybe that's the first step you've got to get rid of all of the non-verified content creators exactly just, for a bit of space and yeah. you just have streaming movies on there that'd be great imagine <laughs> <laughs> What's Frozen f- Three <laughs> streaming on? Oh, it's on Pornhub. Oh, okay. Imagine, for, imagine scrolling through that. You just yeah. got like forty-five videos of porn. And you go, oh, there's the movie, Daddy. What's all of that? Oh, don't worry about that. It. Just ads. <laughs> just put in Frozen. <laughs> Whoops. Wrong streaming service. So, that would yeah. make fun. That would make family, family entertainment a lot more interesting. It would be. It'd be good. Man, we've covered some bases. We really have, and I think it's been good. We've um, we've we've blown out the cobwebs back into getting our preseason on now. 
yeah. Um, it, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a big year. Would, would this have qualified as training the house down? Oh, definitely. 100%. Oh, good. If uh, fucking what's-his-face, what's-his-face at Cronulla, doesn't play football anymore, hasn't got any hamstrings left, Matt oh. Moreland. Oh, there's an article about him saying that he knows he's been playing poorly and he needs to lift his game this year. I saw a thing saying saying that he's training the house down, hey? Yeah, well, he would be yeah. because he's off contract at the end of the year. Yeah. Watch him have an absolute fucking gun of a season. Contract year, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go, um, go, send him to Brisbane and say, oh, he's, he's like the next Darren Lockyer. Except he's 30. He's that prime age now. He's in the prime age. Imagine if he done. just... You know what he should do? And I say this for all of them. Sign a one-year deal with the Storm. Yeah. Although the Storm wouldn't take him. Yeah, that's true. Who could Matt Moylan go to other than the West Tigers? Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had to cut that off very quickly. Yeah. Mostly because we know that's probably who will sign him, but, you know. The only other team I could see that might throw throw him a bone is uh, North Queensland because they've got no one. It's like fucking Matt Drinkwater or whatever his name is. I keep calling him Matt Daylight. Scott Drinkwater. Scott Drinkwater. Scott Drinkwater. See, I always get his name wrong. It's, if it's Daylight. between if it's between him and Matt Moylan, I'm taking Matt Moylan. Well, between Drinkwater and, and, and Matt Daylight and Matt Moylan. <laughs> yeah. If any of those six players I just mentioned, I'd take Matt Moylan. Matt Daylight should come back. I mean, he's, he's only 46. Well, that's younger than fucking, uh, what's his name was when he was playing for whole KR. Um, Gareth Ellis? No, 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 no. Well, yes, but no. But yeah, yes, but no. Um, oh, the PNG played when oh, Jesus was a boy. Stanley Kenno. Stanley Jean, yeah. Oh, yes. That daylight, man, that's, that's an amazing name that you remember there. Yeah, it's really weird how there's certain names where I don't know what it is. I just keep thinking that his name's Matt Daylight. And I know it's not, but in my head, he's Matt Daylight. Did you know he has, he scored the last ever try in a rugby league match at Adelaide Oval? Oh, really? Was he a ring? Uh, I don't know. He might have been. He also scored the first ever try in a match at Highmarsh Stadium. Oh, there you go. One of the great, great names. Matt Daylight. Matt Daylight. Can you name the four clubs he played for in Australia? Uh, I'm going to say Matt Daylight. Okay, let me think. I'm not going to get this right. Matt. Actually, sorry, three clubs in Australia. Sorry. Okay. Uh, So, obviously, he played for Adelaide. Yep. Matt Daylight. He played for one team still in the NRL and one that got the arse. North Sydney? No. Oh, shit. Um, hmm. Man. Did he play for the South Queensland Crushers? No, but you're getting warmer. Oh. Because they were introduced in the same year. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck. Why is my brain not working? <laughs> Who were the four teams? It was Auckland. Yeah. It's North Queensland. Yeah. South Queensland. Yeah. 
God damn it. Who was... Come I can't, on, man. Yeah, I know. This same in preseason form. Western Reds. That's it. And the other team was? Hey. And the other team was Cronulla. All right. He played for the Sharkies. Played for the Sharks twice. It's weird uh, that he played for the Western Reds and then went to Adelaide. Yeah, poor bastards. Yeah, that's that put me off a bit, that did. So he played two games for Cronulla in 95. Yeah. Then he played 11 games for the Reds in the Super League season of 97. So he's missed yeah. 96. Played for Adelaide in 98, yeah. uh, 20 games there, and then returned to the Sharks three years later in 2001 and played three games there. He went over and played for Gateshead. Mm-hmm in 99, and Hull FC in 2000. Now, here's the thing. Why do I remember him? Like, there's literally nothing about Matt Daylight. You know why? Why? It's because of your love for Scotland, because he played three games for Scotland in 2000. There you go. That's probably what it is. He's from the uh, famous Scottish town of Sydney. (laughs) Did you see the only reason for Scotland's existence is gone now? What's that? Fucking just Sean Connery. Oh, yeah. Well, they still have Lockman Coop. It's like William Wallace, Sean Connery, and that's it. Lock and Coop. Lock and Coop. But the, the baton was passed on. <laughs> it's a Lock and Coop. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. That's been an entertaining um, podcast episode, that's for sure. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been I fun. Think, I don't think we've ever covered that many bases of no. rugby league and non-rugby league stuff ever. We have been, it, it, you know, Far we right. had a short off-season and we were waiting a bastard podcast nut. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, okay, we've had, what, 10 days off or so? Something too long, like that. Too long. <laughs> it feels odd. It feels odd. Yeah, I was going to say one last thing. The... Yeah. One of the media outlets put out this thing, and I think it might have been the Daily Telegraph, asking people last year, what was the most memorable sporting moment of the year? Yes. And they had like three or four Australian things that we knew of, and it was just like an AFL team in a premiership, the Stormont in the premiership, something about state of origin. But they had this whole list of other stuff that just no one knew of. Yeah. Something to do with horse racing, some other boring shit, who cares? Yeah. I cannot believe, though, that... <laughs> Romain Grigion's managing to survive death was not on the fucking list, and it didn't win. Wow. How is that not the most memorable thing that happened? How that, how that man did not get knocked out and fucking killed in that car crash? A did you, sends miracles. Did you see him talking about how he got out of the car? Yeah. That was insane, when he said he pushed up, and it was just the barrier, and then he sat back down, and he pushed up again, and the barrier's still there, and he sat back down and thought well, this is how I die. And then he had an idea to twist himself around. Well, he also gave the fire that was surrounding him a name. Oh, did he? Yeah, he also gave it a name. Where? He said that he gave it a name. He said, I need to put a name to it. And then he went, no, no, I can't. I can't be this. I can't have this been, you know, what my Formula One career ends at. Unfortunately, that's what's happening because he retired. Yeah. Oh, did he um, retire, did he? Well, he he announced his retirement, I think, at the start of the year. Oh, okay. So he was hoping that he was going to be fit to race in the very last race of the year, but his hands still weren't quite good enough. But he got in yeah. the car. Yeah. He's willing to go around again. Yeah, I can see we'd need to do that, hey? Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, couldn't because when he tried to get up, obviously the the monocoque that he was in had twisted a little bit, mm. so it was sort of on its side. So when he pushed up, he was pushing up on the guardrail that had slipped underneath. Yeah, so he had to twist his body in the opposite direction to what it would normally do to get out. Did you say they've put their rule changes off for another year? Yeah. Which sucks. I was really looking forward to seeing the new rules come in. They've brought some of them in, but the, the big ones they've put back another year. Yeah, all the little ones, um, which will... It'll help the, the, minor, club, the minor teams a little bit, but um, the big changes are still another year away, which is a bit disappointing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Do you reckon you're going to get the Grand Prix in Melbourne or not? Yeah, it'll come here. Yeah. Yeah. I dare say the uh, the government saved a bit of money by not having it here last year, so they'll probably be able to spend that money this time around. Was it not there last year? No. Ah, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, that's everything, right. Everything, everything came down here. They? They were, yeah, they were all here, that's... ready for practice one, and all the people were at the gates. And then they said... No, nope, sorry, we're shutting gates. We're not doing any practice. One of the team members for one of the garages had COVID. Yeah. And then they went, no, nope, that's it, shutting it all down, and they cancelled it. Yeah, so I don't remember. I think it went into a hiatus shortly after because the, the race afterward is usually, I think, Singapore. It got cancelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we're not going to do any racing for a few weeks, and they rejigged the whole thing and smashed out a – 20 race season somehow in the end, which is quite miraculous, but it was all in Europe. It was funny because you and me watched a lot of those races together and there was, it was about the three-quarter mark. It was pretty good season, and then it just died in the ass. Yeah, and that last race of the year was just so fucking boring. Yeah, it's painful. You just watch it and went, oh, no lead changes after the first three corners. <laughs> Fair enough. Did you see Lewis Hamilton got, uh, I think he got knighted. He did get knighted. That's deserved, I think. Yeah. I still don't know why Kevin Sinfield hasn't been knighted. I know, right? Like, I mean. Gareth Ellis. What about uh, Handface? Handface. Handface. (laughs) Hino. Good old Hino. Can you imagine him going up and being like, oh, this is fucking great. I can't fucking believe the fucking queen's here and everything. She's a, she's a fucking top bird, this one. Yeah. Slaps her on the ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be brilliant. Oh, I think we should wrap it up now. Yeah, yeah, before we get in trouble. Yeah. We've never got the queen beats left on the ass. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of slapping the queen on the ass, go to manscaped.com right, and put in the code NRL at checkout. You'll get 20% off and free shipping. Go and get yourself the performance package. You get the ball shaver. You get the ball toner. You get the ball deodorizer. You get some really cool microfiber manscaped. They're black. I, I love wearing them. They comfort your junk so good especially after manscaping. Uh, you get, it's everything, and you need it because you've got to be ready. We're going to come out of this lockdown one of these years, and you've got to be ready, son. So go to manscaped.com. The code is NRL. Put it in there. Anyone, just put it in there. I've, I've got an idea for a product for Manscaped. What? It's just a bit of powder. Yeah. But just, they could just call it dust for your dusters. I reckon it did so well on the Gold Coast. <laughs> hey, did you see me doing the the uh, the 
there's stadiums, NRL stadiums. No, what was that? I started posting pictures of funny-looking stadiums and saying they were NRL stadiums. Oh, yes. How many people bought them? Hey? How many people thought you were being honest? Uh, it was it was at a weird time. I feel like it was pretty late. Okay. So not too many people. like they, It's not like it went viral or anything. But oh. uh, it was... Uh, they were piss takes. You should, you should have a look at them on my I timeline. Will. They won't be too far back. I will. I will check that out very soon. Yeah. All right, people. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at ThurgoFreakPod. We're on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. Check all those out. Subscribe wherever you can. Like everything. That'd be fantastic. Um, make sure you give us a five-star review and leave a leave a comment. I should check to see if there's a comment on there, and you know what's coming up next. Have we had any emails? Uh, I haven't checked, and I can't tell. I'll check the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's a bit of a downer. Um, uh, you know, you, you can leave. You can go to go to our website and leave a, uh, a comment there. I'm just yeah. checking to see if we have any comments here. No, we get one more five star review. So whoever did that, thank oh, you. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, do that. We'll read them out on the podcast. As I said, we'll put them up on the website as well. So you, we'll make you famous. Why not? And um, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll uh, bring some content in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something that's a bit more um, rugby league related, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Thanks to you, everyone. Catch you all next time.